Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is noon on a Thursday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Phoenix Suns are gearing up for game three at home against the Nuggets tomorrow. I feel like they haven't played in three months, but it's only been three days, and we will finally see them on the court tomorrow. Finally. Finally. But they're going to continue to try to figure out how things will look without Chris Ball. So what does Monty Williams want from campaign? Same as always. I mean, we want Cam to, to be Cam. He's obviously playing with a different group. He understands that. It's not something I have to sit him down like he's 12 years old and tell him, you know, whatever. He understands. He has a reference point. If you look back at our second year against the Clippers and the Lakers, he played a much bigger role because Chris was out. So he can rely on that and the growth that he's made over the last two years. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who needs to step up the most in Suns point guard Chris Paul's absence? Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Campaign, or other? Wow. Well. (laughs) (laughs) To steal a Kevin Ray answer, yes. All of them. Yeah, right. You'd like to see all of them right there. So, I think specifically I'm going to have to say campaign. Okay. He's going to get minutes. How many minutes yeah. is campaign going to get? How many minutes? Starter minutes? Is he going to get 33 minutes? Is he going to get more than 33 minutes? He hasn't played he 25 since Can early imagine, December. Right? Yeah, I, but at the same time, I don't know how you don't look at campaign first. Yeah, it's probably, I mean, Booker's going to have to do a lot in addition to what he's already doing, but it feels weird to say Devin Booker has to step up. Like, KD needs to have a better shooting game, but that's not because of Chris Paul. So it's either DA or campaign. I will also go with campaign. So 35% say campaign, 31% say DeAndre Ayton, 28% Kevin Durant, 3% Booker, 2% other. Wow, other. Maybe the bench, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. The Phoenix Suns may turn to T.J. Warren and Terrence Ross to help with maybe a different lineup. What do you think the lineup will look like in Game 3 and 4? How different do you think it'll be? You mean the starting lineup or just the rotation? The rotation. Okay. Um, You know, I I, honestly, I think Josh Okoge is going to start. Ron Wolfley reporting (laughs) right there. Um, I think that's going to be the case with uh, campaign. Okay, so okay. Okogi campaign, so, KD yes. Booker, the DA. That's what I think right now. We'll see how that goes. The rotation after that, of course, Tory, Tory Craig, I think, will be the first guy off the bench. I do think Terrence Ross is going to get an opportunity. I think TJ Warren as well. Yeah, I, th- I mean, if scoring's going to be an issue. Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren need to be looked at. I know they give up some stuff on the defensive end of the floor, but you need some scorers. So we'll we'll get more into this. But I don't really care who is starting so much as who's getting minutes off the bench. Call of Duty dropped a new Kevin Durant playable character yesterday. Wolf, I know you went straight home from the show and played some COD, right? I did. Yeah. He's, he's actually playing right now. Oh, yeah. 
Is that why you're distracted? That's why that, that oh could be I'm just kidding. But here is Devin Booker on that yesterday. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, I talk about it every day. He'd even bring it up to me. I hit him this morning like, come on, bro. You ain't going to let me know. I need a code or something. Um, that's exciting, man. I'm excited for May 10th. You had the tag and the gulag, and you thought you would I thought certified I did, yourself so. a bit. No, then, once they did the Messi and Pogba, like I knew they could do it, and it's, yeah, it's a dream of mine. Maybe you're next, maybe for that. Yeah, no, I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous right now. Do you know what he's talking about, Wolf? <laughs> what All that cod lingo. So here's what I was going to say. You just know what Messi what and Pogba you, are, Oh, right? my goodness, okay. man. Stop it. You guys are so random. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're not, you're like using that word 80% correct, but not quite enough for me to feel okay about it. So but, if you were in a video game, Wolf, I know, weren't you in Tech Mobile? As a matter of fact, I was, yeah. Mel, hmm. and I, From what I'm told, I'm pretty good in Tech oh, Mobile. Okay. okay. Much better than what we I can was pull that on up the online. I'll pull it up online and play it during the break. Okay, well, yeah. other than Tech Mobile and then Luke, if you were able to be a character on any video game, which game would you choose? Okay, well, I'm going to rule out all the Wolf NHL may only ones. know COD because we just told him what it was and <laughs> well, Tech Mobile. No, I, I know what COD is. It's Call okay. of Duty, right? Yeah, right. Way to okay. piece that And together. I didn't even Google that. You know that. <laughs> well, I just said it. Call it. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. I thought you said COD. He really pulled one over on us. Um, Mel, what's your question? <laughs> what, what video game would, would you like to be in? <laughs> You a big Fortnite guy? Um, okay, I'm going to go with Call of Duty, a little cod. I can safely say I'm the worst Fortnite player in the history of Fortnite. I've only played it like three times. I'm not good wow, really? at Fortnite, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it would have. So, no, my answer's not Fortnite. Okay. Uh, see, my answer would be would definitely be like a sports game, and the problem is you could just make your own character in all those. Yeah. I played Tony Hawk a lot as a kid. How about that? I'll go with Tony Hawk. What is the one that says fight? Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, there you go. Good. Mortal Kombat. Finish him. That's, yeah, fi- finish him. <laughs> Fatality. Yes. Yep. That was pretty good, though. Yeah, he used to play grown up. ESPN released a story about the 32 lingering post-draft questions. And for the Cardinals, they said, did the Cardinals do enough to reshape their roster and win in 2023? What say you? Man, um, honestly, I don't think they did enough to reshape their roster and win in 2023. I've got to see that. And there's nothing wrong with taking a prove-it mentality. I've got to see that right now. But they're rebuilding. This is a rebuild to me. Yeah, that's a it tough doesn't question. Mean you can't, it doesn't mean you can't win. But, man, you're going to need high, high quarterback play from Kyler Murray. That's, that's a tough question, though, for the draft. I mean, how many teams really reinvented themselves through the draft? So well, I, I thought I, they meant the offseason. Well, yeah, uh, so I would say in the offseason, I just don't think they did much in the offseason because they didn't. The draft, I like their draft. I like their draft, how it went this year and how it set them up for next year even more, but I don't think that their draft is going to win them games this year, and I, they didn't really add anybody in terms of free agents that would, or you know, above just NFL average player on the surface. So, yeah, I would say no. And then the fallout continues. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Vic Fangio is likely the Eagles' defensive coordinator in 2023, if not for the Arizona Cardinals tampering with Jonathan Gannon. Your reaction. <laughs> Why won't this story go away, honestly? Why won't it go away? My reaction is Vic get over Fangio. it. Vic Fangio. 
is going to be fine down in Miami. You got your picks. Do you have any idea picks. how often this happens to like yeah, a guy? A guy <laughs> that's will a have great one, point. It actually. is so true. How often it happens where a guy wanted to be on this staff, but suddenly got offered somewhere else. And took the job. Where would Vance Joseph be if they had hired a head coach earlier or whatever? Where would this happen if, if the Cardinals had gotten Sean Payton? This or this or this? or if it, it, Yes, I get that the Cardinals did something that within the league rules technically wasn't legal. And they already paid for it. Move on. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not like they took a player off another team. And I just... You know my thoughts on this. I said it earlier. It's like you you scraped somebody's car, you paid for it, you apologized, and they're like, I have to move out of my house now because my car has a tiny scratch on it. That's that's the reaction we're getting right now from Philadelphia, who, by the way, had an amazing first round of their draft, too, and they're going to be just fine. Yes. Getting Jalen Carter and Jalen Smith. Right. And they're yeah. already well, really Jalen Carter, we'll see. <laughs> I'm getting knock it off. What a, what a bomb that's going to be. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. We need you, Suns fans, more than ever to rally the Valley for games three and four. So text ticket to 620-620, register and listen for your name today during the 7 a.m., which you can't do now, the noon and 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for game three and game four tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, that's ticket to 620-620 and also... It is the noon hour, so be listening extra hard this hour. Uh, when we come back, how different could this Suns rotation look in Game 3 tomorrow night? Monty Williams gave us a little bit of a peek behind the uh, curtain on that one. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. I don't know how you got a, a football game on one of these TVs in here, Wolf. <laughs> So nice. A replay of Niners Seahawks. Meanwhile, the TV I'm angled towards, this is the one problem with this time of year. The TV I'm angled towards is on the station that the basketball games are on at night, right? Obviously, nobody comes in and changes it at 10 o'clock at night. So I'm watching the weirdest like TV shows from the late 90s and early 2000s that they air during the day. That's the TV I get. Well, you're just watching a lot of 12 personnel, 49ers. I'm just loving it right now, honestly, on both sides of the ball right here. They're doing it all, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Under center, in the shotgun, in the pistol. Here we go. Uh, Monty Williams talking about the rotation and <laughs> just the simple fact that we're talking about what the rotation is on May 4th. Let's just start there. Let's go big picture, Wolf. Isn't that a problem? I mean, yes. Denver, you know you know who's going to play for Denver tomorrow night. You know when they're going to sure. play for the most part. You know when Jokic is coming out. You know who's coming in. You know what their rotation is. Probably going to play eight guys. You know the game may call for a ninth or whatever, but you basically know who Denver's eight guys are. The Suns are still trying to figure it out. We're in the second round of the playoffs, and you're going into game three. So, it doesn't look great, it's does It's not it? ideal, no. It does not look good right now. It really doesn't. When you think of this team and depth being a problem on this team, and now you lose Chris Paul. Yeah. Even though he's day-to-day, even though he's day-to-day, you lose Chris Paul, we're assuming, for at least game three. If you just want to look at the last game as a reference point, which I guess is as good as any, <laughs> because it is the most recent playoff game, they played, the Suns did, 11 guys in that game. 
Now, you're going to have to go ahead and take Chris Paul out because I think we all agree he's not playing tomorrow night. I've given you the numbers. The, the bench scored four points. They had six guys combined for four points in 71 minutes. He also had Josh Okogie score two points in 22 minutes. He was a starter. Now you're going to take Chris Paul out. So campaign, I'm assuming, immediately has to leave the – he has to play well, and that won't even help the bench because he's going to be starting most right. likely. Correct. They, in the last game at least, needed more offense – as it turns out. And so that means when you need more offense, and you're looking at TJ Warren and Terrence Ross, they haven't even played at all. You're like, okay, maybe they could have given you something. We saw Terrence Ross do this a few times at the end of the season. He'd, just, he'd get on fire, he'd give you 15, 18 points or whatever. Monty Williams talked about those two in particular at practice yesterday. For sure. Those are two guys that um, see significantly more time. You know, those kinds of decisions only hurt you when you when you have an injury. And you wish you could have gotten those guys a bit more reps to prepare for that. So we have these days to get ready for that. And the guys who played. You know, we were in a good rhythm right before Chris got hurt um, with Cam playing in the second unit and Chris playing with the starters. Now we just have to adjust. Now they have to adjust right now. You know, honestly, is it a possibility that you could go point book? Could we see that start? Could we see that actually start in the first quarter from the opening tip where you, we see point book and suddenly Tory Craig is in the starting lineup as well? Tory Craig with Josh Akogi. Is that a possibility? I mean, it's possible. It's, I guess it's possible we could see Terrence Ross in the starting lineup. I, I, for me, I'm not. I'm not as caught up in the starting lineup as everybody else is. I just, <laughs> I think you just need a tight like nine, ten guy rotation, and you need contributions from all nine or ten guys. And and this, this is not all Monty Williams' fault. I know everybody will just look and say, "Well, it's the coach. He messed this up." Campaign was hurt. They didn't really have him as an option. How many times did we talk towards the end of the season with Kevin Durant being out? Well, this isn't great because now they can't they can't really build a rotation around Kevin Durant when he's not playing in these sure. games. And unfortunately, and very frustratingly, I might add, that's exactly what's hurting them right now. What do you think would actually benefit campaign the most? Starting? Coming right from the tip or coming off the bench? What do you think would benefit him? I think starting. Starting. You know what's Why do weird? you say that? So... What's the the stat? The last he hasn't played more than twenty two minutes in a game since December eleventh. I think was the the stat that I had found. Yeah, he, on December eleventh he played twenty four minutes. He hasn't done more than twenty two since then. Okay, okay, so that's right, basically five months. But if you look at him historically, he plays his best when he's playing big minutes. Which I know is you can't just give a guy big minutes if he can't contribute in smaller. Now you don't really have a choice. So you're going to start campaign. You're going to start him. And who? Josh Akogi, Tory Craig. I would go Payne, Booker, KD, DA, and Akogi. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would I. I'd go with Akogi as well. Um, campaign, though, that's going to be interesting to see. I, I think that probably is what's going to happen. Of course, but you never know. You never know. Why would Bonnie say anything in regard to that in terms of saying, yeah, it's going to be campaign? Or did he? <laughs> did he? And not I just really. did not hear the cuts. I just thought it was interesting that he flat out acknowledged that Terrence Ross and TJ Warren are guys that will see more time here. Because, again, last game, you score 87 points and those two are just sitting on your bench and nobody else is scoring. But then you got to remember the first the first game of this series and the last game of the last series, 
they had given up 255 points. Offense wasn't their issue. They won one of those games. Offense wasn't the issue the previous two games. It was defense. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I would have to say right now, based on everything that has happened to the Phoenix Suns in these first two playoff series, I would have to say the bench is the biggest disappointment. There's no, It's not even close when you think about it. I know KD has had some some Game 7 turnovers in Game 1, and boy, the way he shot the ball in Game 2, and I understand there are other areas you could point to and say, what's your biggest disappointment? But honestly, the fact that Damian Lee, um, and he kind of disappeared at the end of the season as well, before the postseason. They weren't really playing him much at the end of the season uh, When either. you think about how well he started the season in the first half of the season, Damian, like, yeah, when you think about it. He looked like, he looked, because again, at the start of the season, they had bench questions. They didn't have a sixth man, really. Um, Damian Lee, the first half of the season, looked like, okay, this guy's probably not our sixth man, but he's like a really solid seventh or eighth option. You can bring him in to hit threes. You know, you watch the, the first couple games of the series, Wolf, and, and this is what I'm hoping Terrence Ross or TJ Warren will be. You look at Denver and you say, man, Jokic is tough. And, and to the point where you're not even going to stop him, you're just going to try and control a little bit how much he hurts you and, and specifically how he hurts you, right? And Jamal Murray was huge in the first game, and he's been huge for them all year. But then, like, they're getting contributions from Aaron Gordon. And Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is hitting big shots when he needs yeah. to. Like, yeah. where is the Suns yes. KCP? Right. Where it's like, hey, you know, Booker missed a shot. He needs to breathe for a minute and a half. Well, we have nobody else that can hit it's a shot. Landry Shaman. Right? Is it? I mean, I no, I'm saying Landry oh, Shamit is a guy that you could tell coming into the postseason, that's who Monty was going to lean on. Yeah. Landry Shamit. And, you know, when you think about it right now, Damian Lee, Landry Shamit, and Campaign, those three guys. Man, I, I, I really thought coming into the postseason, we're going to see a lot more of those three guys. Yeah. A lot more production from those three guys. Than what we've seen. Damian Lee is the one where you would you would like. What was he leading the NBA in three point percentage for the yes. first month? Like, yeah, the first half of the season, you would like Damian Lee to be the guy that you're going to, and each night he's getting you three threes. And he might not be doing much else. He might play nine minutes and get you nine points or whatever, but he hits three threes. They don't. It just doesn't feel like they have anybody that's stepping in and just hitting some shots other than Booker and Kevin Durant. Uh, Terrence Ross is a guy. I mean, he had thirty points in a game in late March when when he got some minutes. With the Suns, he was scoring double-digit points. Yeah, he so was. So maybe now he gives he gives up a lot defensively, but right now offense is your issue. Yeah, that's what you need. T.J. Warren and Terrence Ross, those two guys, they're going to hurt you on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, they'll help. Think about that. Your season may hinge on two guys that weren't on your team at the start of the season. Now, not even counting Kevin Durant. How's that taste? <laughs> not great. How's that coffee taste over there? Um. Like coffee. Okay. Text us your thoughts to the Fanduel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, how are the Suns embracing being down 0-2? Eddie Johnson will join us next to talk about it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. EJ. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns nuggets now. 
right. Well, we are getting closer to game three of this Suns Nuggets series, but uh, still not quite there. It'll be tomorrow. The good news, though, Wolf, is we have Eddie Johnson joining us right now on the Arizona yes. Sports Line. Thank goodness. Talk some sense into us here about this game. Eddie, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Uh, your psychologist is here. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you, you all try to figure some things out, wondering what's going on and what can we do yes. to get ourselves back in my wolf voice. Yeah, what no, can that, we do? That's right. You know, I love this, though, Eddie. This is my favorite, man, when we get to talk about the psychology of sport right now. So do me do me a favor on this, my friend. Frame this series up for me. Where are the Suns right now? Down 0-2. How should they be thinking about the rest of this series? That they're equal. Like, a playoff series doesn't start until you lose at home. Suns already know. They have to get one game in Denver. It didn't mean it was one of the first two games. It just means a game. So it could be game five. It can be game seven. Uh, yeah, you'd love to have the convenience of getting one of the first games. Uh, you know, Philadelphia is feeling good that they go home and they're up one. You know, they have one uh, victory that gave them home court. Uh, Miami. Uh, yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, of course. You would love that. But that doesn't guarantee you're going to win. It really doesn't. Uh, I think eventually, you know, we look at what the Warriors did in the first round against Sacramento. They were down 0-2. They went home. Who won the series? They did. So I think that's the mentality that you bring. You don't too much worry about it. I know fans, you know, fans, the people that look, they don't have control over the situation, so they're a little bit more nervous. But from a player's standpoint, uh, the Suns aren't nervous. They feel comfortable at home. They know their crowd is going to bring it. They're comfortable in their surroundings. Uh, they they look very good when they're at home. And so that's the way you approach it. And and so, yeah, you would like to be more, you know, into it 1-1, but that's okay. You come home, you take care of business, and then you take your chances again in Denver. Yep. Eddie, if they, it doesn't sound like they're going to have Chris Paul for at least tomorrow's game, maybe longer. In your mind, what's the best way to approach that? If you're the Suns, do you lean on campaign? Is it book? Is it is it a combination? No, I think, you know, you don't too much lean more on Book. We already know what he has to do. I think campaign has to step up and play well. He's capable of doing it. He's had his injuries this year. So we know that, you know, he's, his rhythm is a little bit off. He had some great looks in game two. Didn't knock him down. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident in him. I really am. And, you know, it's different when you know you're going to get starters minutes to when you're only on borrowed time. So he knows that now he's going to get some big-time minutes and, a couple of years ago when he was put in that position against the L.A. Clippers, he played extremely well. And so I'm expecting that from him, to have that kind of confidence and that bravado to step out and get it done. And then everyone else that comes in to make up for what Chris is leaving behind. Uh, Chris will still be over there for leadership, and that's huge. Uh, but now these other guys have to pay attention to what he's trying to tell them uh, in the midst of a timeout, in the midst of the game going on. And go out there and try to execute, man. So it's a wonderful time, man. I like you're talking to a guy that experienced it to the utmost in '97. You know, when I was with the Rockets with Charles and Dream and Clyde Drexler, and and you know we stunk it up in Utah the first two games, down 0-2. People were down on the bench. They were down on the others, and you know what? We went back to Houston. Myself, Sadell Reed at that time, uh, Kevin Willis. Uh, Matt Fuller, guys that were playing off that bench, we got together and said, you know what, we got to step it up. Lo and behold, game three, I had 31. 
the oldest player, I think, at that time, never had that many points in the playoffs. And then in game four, I knocked down a game winner. That's how a series can turn. So, like, T.J. Warren, if he gets a chance to play and it looks like he is, okay, go for it. Prove Monty wrong. Terrence Ross, prove Monty wrong. Monty will be okay with that. You know, go out there and, and, and let people know that you should be playing. And then the other guys coming off the bench, Damian Lee, you know, go for it. Because every series you have a hero. And the other night, the hero was Contavious Caldwell Pope for Denver. Yeah. And so who's going to be the Suns hero other than the obvious in, in Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker? So that's what I'm looking forward to, and, and hopefully it, it, it proves itself right. Yeah, on that note right there, Eddie, talk to me a little bit about what you've seen from Kevin Durant in the first two games right now. How do you evaluate KD after two games? Well, he's look, even on his off nights, he's still going to have great numbers, right? So I think he would admit that he hasn't, like, you know, overpowered you with that idea of how great he is in these two games. But it's coming. Like, you know, like, again, when you have great players back against the wall, greatness comes out. We saw it last night with Boston and Philly. Even though Joel showed back up after the game one loss, you would think Philly would have the edge. Boston was so connected mentally and focused that they just couldn't miss anything. And that's just the way it is. Like, when you're, the hardest thing to do is close out an opponent. We got a dose of it in the first round. Without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George, we're up 18 toward 50 in the third. I think we just walk away and win this thing. And all of a sudden, we looked up and we were only up two. And Russell Westbrook blew a wide-open layup that could have tied the game. So that's just the way you look at it. And, 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 you, and you know that somebody's going to step up. And you know that when your back is against the wall, you play your best. And, and that's what I expect from this team. Yep. Talking to Eddie Johnson. Uh, Eddie, not a win in game two, but defensively the Suns looked significantly better. Did you like their approach with uh, with Jamal Murray? And, and do you think it's something they can do again tomorrow night? I love that approach. You know, if Jokic is going to score 40, let them keep trying to score 40. But you don't allow the others to have a great night. Like, he's not going to beat the Suns by himself, right? We, that was proven a couple of years ago when the Suns swept him. Yeah. And he didn't have those guys. So, to me, you make sure you want to shut off those guys and don't allow them to have a great game. Because the one thing we know about Jokic, he can go and not touch the ball for about five or six minutes, and then when he does touch it, good things still happen. Mm-hmm. You can't say that about a lot of players. So what you want is just let him keep doing it. If he and he and he would took it upon himself in game two. He sensed that the Suns defensively weren't allowing him to pass the ball around, and he went for it. I thought DeAndre Ayton played good defense on him. That's all you can do against a tremendously gifted offensive player. But I like the mentality of you know what? All of you all aren't going to beat us, Jokic. If you're going to beat us, you're going to do it by yourself, and that means fatigue comes into play. So. You know, for me, I like that way that the Suns played in game two, and hopefully it continues. You know, for me, right there, you, you just mentioned DeAndre Ayton, and um, I thought he played so much better in game two. I thought he was ready to play in game two as opposed to game one here. Your thoughts on how DA played in game two and your expectation for game three? Yeah, look, I, I thought he played good defensively. I think people need to get to a point where they need to stop focusing on the negative. And then think about the positive. I try to remind people of that. Like, 
you know, he's not going to turn into uh, this uh, overly aggressive bear. That's not his, his nature. That's not how he plays. But he still can go get you 20 and 12. And if he goes and does that and, 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 and plays serviceable defense, right, and just be a, a problem around the rim to change shots, the Suns have a great chance to win. I think we need to get over this thing where we want him to turn into Akeem Olajuwon. Like, he's DeAndre Ayton. That's who he is. And I think sometimes, you know, the positivity needs to rain a little bit more heavier, especially in the media, uh, than the negativity. Because what I'm seeing is when he does play well, he doesn't get the same love and the same enthusiasm as when he doesn't play well. And I think we have to be cautious of that. Uh, and, and trust me, I was, I've been guilty of it. And so I just think he needs to defend, work hard, rebound in his area, get a few outside of his area, contest shots at the rim, stay out of foul trouble, uh, and take his shot when it's there with aggression. And if he does that, he'll have a tremendous game. And guys, remember, a couple of years ago, he pretty much got the best of Jokic in that series. Yeah, like you can argue that he outplayed him, so he knows that he's capable of doing it, and now he just has to go out there and get it done. Eddie, we appreciate the time in the uh, Jay, in the psychology you. session too. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll send you the bill. Don't worry about it. It's on its way. <laughs> oh, we know you will make Eddie. it out to Ron Wolfley if you could. I appreciate. <laughs> okay, well, that's, I know he got all that money hiding up under his bed. I definitely will send it to him. <laughs> Thanks, hey, it's Trajan Wolf, Eddie. You know, I'm just stuffing right, it under the mattress. All right, thanks. That's okay, Eddie, brother. Eddie Johnson joining us right there uh, on the Arizona Sports Line. Good stuff there. We're going to react to some of that here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to come back, though, and do a little football because the NFL draft is in the books. So now what's next for Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austinfort and this Cardinals team? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! All right, it is time for our hottest ticket qualifier for today. And that is Zabrina Ortiz from Globe. All about Globe. All right, Zabrina, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets on Friday or Sunday night against the Nuggets. If Zabrina Ortiz doesn't call within the next 10 minutes, then we're going to open the phone lines to somebody else. If you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify by texting to uh, ticket to 620-620 and listen for your name in the 5 o'clock hour. Once again, Zabrina Ortiz from Globe, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. Globe. How cool would that be right there? I mean, honestly, you know what we got to start doing? We had to take the show on the road, like, on a Friday or something like that. We go to a small town in Arizona, and we broadcast. Just, oh, I love that. It's one of my favorite things to do, is drive through a small town on a Saturday night. <laughs> or maybe even a Friday night. I was going to say, how long are we doing the show for? For um, Friday afternoon man, through Sunday that, morning? That would be so cool right there, honestly. Small town America. I love it, especially in Arizona. The wild, wild west. Does it still exist on a Friday night? Yes, it does. On Main Street. In a town that has 573 right. people. Sabrina, you have to call in now just <laughs> simply because you're calling from Globe and it has Tell moved. Tell me that Wolf. would be awesome. It would be. All right. You want to talk some football? 
Um, okay, yeah. I'm over <laughs> the small town thing. <laughs> the music ran out because you were talking about small towns. Look, I'm with you. We can do a show. Okay. But also, if we even if we don't do the show, you could just drive out to one and then turn around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do that, as a matter of fact. Right. Yeah, the warrior queen would tell you that, man. We're out on the road and just driving. All of a sudden, look, there's an exit. <laughs> Where's that exit? <laughs> there's a town of 700 people. You know, let's go see the town, man. Okay, good. I'm all all those exits, like when you're driving out to L.A. or something, and you're like, oh, who gets off at this exit? Now you know. Our, Wolf gets yeah, off at that oh, exit. So cool right there, especially <laughs> if you're in a rented RV. <laughs> okay, nice. That's cheap guess. Uh, okay, for the Cardinals, now that the draft is here, and that was, as you said on a number of occasions, kind of the pressure point for any sort of like DeAndre yeah. Hopkins trade or whatever to get done. And then we had the cut uh, from Ian Rappaport the other day saying, uh, you know, teams kind of settle in now after the draft. They kind of have, they, they don't want to, they, They've put their lineup together for the last you know month and a half, two months. Now they kind of ride with this into camp for the most part. Sure, uh, the Cardinals' roster is not complete. They still have stuff they got to do. Yeah, no, they do. And DeAndre Hopkins, in particular, once again, you have to wonder what's going to happen there. He's still going to be traded. That's what I think. I think he's still going to be traded. Um, when you get the report that they're moving together. <laughs> they're they're moving forward together. What what does that mean? That doesn't really mean anything other than well, you know what? Uh, the draft has come and gone, and nothing has really changed. And they're moving forward together, looking for a trade, looking for some type of solution right now. Is it possible that DeAndre Hopkins actually could be traded in the season, during the season, in September? In October, could is it possible yeah, that that could happen? Possible. It is possible that that could happen. Maybe the next thing is training camp. Maybe the next pressure point is training camp with DeAndre um, Hopkins, right? Maybe that's what it yeah. is. <laughs> I just had this thought of who's going to be here longer, DeAndre Hopkins or DeAndre Ayton. I would assume it's Ayton. Well, I almost said DeAndre I know, Ayton, but then that course, made me think but, of the whole Kyrie thing. Yeah, we can get back into that in a little bit. Um, but I think that's the way that it's going to go. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to play one down of football for the Arizona Cardinals again. Yeah, I, I'm, I tend to agree with you there. He may still be on the roster in week one. I don't think he will be, but I just, I don't. I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. And honestly, I kind of hope I am. I hope he's just on this team. But I, but I hope if he's on this team, it's not a weekly, hey, is he getting dealt this week? Like, how about he's just on the team or he isn't? You know, sure. I, because, and here's the Ian Rappaport uh, cut about the Hopkins Cardinals moving forward together thing. But I, I, I think both sides kind of thought at this point he'd be on another team and they would have an additional pick or whatever. Here's the Ian Rappaport cut from the Pat McAfee show. Usually when these things don't happen by the draft, these sort of big moves, like maybe they pick up again if someone else like loses a receiver or something in August or July, but usually by the time the draft ends, like that's kind of, you'll add maybe a free agent or two, but usually it's kind of set. So I would say like based on the conversation where it is, like it seems like they're moving forward together. 
Yeah, you know, what's OBJ is a cautionary tale. Is it hot right there? OBJ, of course. It doesn't always get done when we think it's going to get done. And I still think there's a really good chance DeAndre is going to be traded. He's going to be traded before the season starts. He's going to be traded before training camp starts. I believe this. And the reason why I believe it is because of how much it could actually help the Buffalo Bills. How much it could actually help the Buffalo Bills or even the Baltimore Ravens. Don't forget about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Beyond DeAndre Hopkins and even beyond Buda Baker, they don't have a center. (laughs) Like There are parts of this team that are, are just sort of missing. If they trade DeAndre Hopkins, I would argue they need a receiver. Do you feel confident going into the season with your receivers being Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, Michael Wilson, Greg Dortch, and Zach Paschal. They might, but that's not a, a receiving core that can absorb any injuries. There, there are two things that you want to do to help Kyler Murray going into this season, especially when he comes off the torn ACL and starts playing games again. You've got to protect him with the offensive line. That's number one. And another way of helping protect him is also having good wide receivers who know how to run routes and get open so he can throw the ball with rhythm and time, as a matter of fact. So to your point, Luke, it's, it's well-placed. It really is. Are you comfortable with the wide receivers they have right now? We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Most of them, um, I think most people, I should say, will look at this and think it's a work in progress, which it is. But the one thing you can't have first is an offensive line that is a question mark. you got to protect them. I love the way the offensive line is shaping up right now from a starting five. There's just one big gaping hole, and it's a center. Yeah, you're going to have to do something about the center position, obviously. And just quickly on the Hopkins thing, I mean, ideally, you could have gotten a deal done for a second-round pick before the draft, right? Because it's not just about winning this year. If you're, if you're, you're trying to build up the offensive line for Kyler Murray. To your point, you also have to have receivers for him to throw to. So if you're going to trade Hopkins, would it not have been nice to have a second-round pick and you could have used that pick on Jaden Reed out of Michigan State or Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma? I mean, those are receivers that went in the second round of this year's draft. Marvin Mims is probably not going to help Denver as much as DeAndre Hopkins would have. Now, Denver's not a great example because who knows if they're actually good or not, but that's a team... That's who picked him. Kansas City took Rasheed Rice out of SMU. You're telling me DeAndre Hopkins wouldn't help Kansas City more than him this year? But at the same time, if you're the Cardinals, if you're going to move him, it'd be nice to actually get a relatively high-end receiver prospect in here now. Yeah, it would. But for me, once again, the biggest need going forward is center. Who's going to play center for the Arizona Cardinals, Luke? Who's going to play center right now? Here's Jonathan Gannon real quick. Yeah, I like where we're at right now. And then, you know, we added a couple. uh, We added Gaines and who's played center, a little bit of center, a couple free agents. And, um, you know, we'll we'll sort that out just like all the other positions to see, you know, what's the best combination of people who's comfortable doing what they need to do from the center position, both guards position. Um, But I like where it's at right now. You know, Fro's done a really good job for us in there these last couple weeks here and um, we'll we'll continue to evaluate that as we get going it almost feels like they're holding the spot open doesn't it it does but for who well somebody they might trade for 
for DeAndre Hopkins. Interesting. <laughs> does that does that ring a bell? Or they expect players to be available here at some point. Yeah, no, I honestly think at some point in time that's going to be a possibility. We'll see. All right, when we come back, back to Suns. Who has to step up the most with Chris Paul likely out at least game three and maybe beyond? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.